0: Welcome to South Coast Tonight, I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can join me and my guest tonight, uh, Adam Bass. So Adam Bass is uh, writing for the North Star Reporter in North Attleboro. He's the host of the Cod Cabin podcast, which follows Massachusetts politics, and uh, he's here in studio with us. He
1: made the trip. Thanks for making the trip. Glad to be here. Uh, love New Bedford. Beautiful, beautiful uh, harbor. I, I, I was struck by it when I was driving down by to Fairhaven. By it, it was really beautiful. Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, it's
0: it's really great. And I think they're doing a good job leveraging mm-hmm. those assets into some into. Some promising developments. So uh, I, you know, you made you would you would brought this discussion point to me. Actually, I thought it was interesting, mm-hmm. especially now. Is that you know we we talk about Bristol County, especially down here where we kind of like New Bedford and Fall River feels like the center of the universe. Even mm. New Bedford and Fall River themselves are two entirely different like ecosystems, right? But up, you know, part of Bristol County, the people that vote for Tom Quinn, the people that vote for Tom Hodgson or Tom Hoy even up in Taunton, mm-hmm. um, a lot of those uh, people um, are from Norton and Easton and North Attleboro and Attleboro, right? Dighton and Her- Rehoboth even. We don't pay a lot of attention to those areas uh, of the county. And so um, now we have a candidate that's from the Northern part of the county, which is fairly unprecedented. Yeah. Uh, we haven't, an, uh, and that's Attleboro Mayor Paul Haru. Um, just before we get started, can you talk about like you, you were talking to me off air about, um, you know, sort of the demographics or the the demographics in the
1: county are, are changing, and and right. how are they changing? Well, Marcus, what's going on in North Al- or uh, Northern Bristol County right now? Um, these are more. Uh, cl- the, it's more comprised of college-educated voters, namely ones that will vote uh, more towards Democrats. Uh, right now, you have uh, people in North Attleboro, uh not Dighton, Easton, Taunton, and Mansfield-Norton really just consolidating their vote for um, – oh, excuse me, uh, Paul Haru. Uh, mm-hmm. And what really happens there is that he's really taken – uh, North Alburo North Alboro, North Bristol County I've worked in North Alboro So many times I keep thinking That's the center of the universe Right um, But really What he's done Is that he's sort of Consolidated a base there mm-hmm. uh, Every time I go by I see Lots of his signs Lots of supporters there um, But it's also filled With Hodgson supporters As well mm-hmm. Um you know, he's been around for twenty five years. That's longer than I've been alive. Um, and he's been almost an institution to uh Bristol County as a whole. Go down Route Six, you see his support, go into uh West Westport, see there. Um, and really it, it's gonna be hard for him to take uh to take any chances to take on Hodgins because he's been there for so long. Now, what's going on with the demographics, you definitely are right. Uh, uh, Bristol County's two big areas are Fall River and New Bedford, two most populous cities. But there's also North, uh, excuse me, Albro and Taunton. Those are the, those are the two big ones up North. And obviously he did well in Albro. This is, uh, Paul Haru, Mayor Paul Haru. He did incredibly well in Albro. He he was his, it was his, uh,
0: first, best city. I mean, he got 2,500 votes to Ber- uh, Bernier, who came in second to 500, five times the amount of votes that Bernier got. Right. I mean, he and he he blew the doors off him in uh, North Attleboro as well, right. I think in Mansfield. Because at the end, I remember there was reporting that maybe Bernier was going to ask for a recount, and I was talking to the Haru camp, and they were basically saying, well, the only towns left are up here, where, you know, he, was, uh, he already won, you know, he was uh, he was going to win and win by a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, But you're saying, is that enough, you know, He'd have to really consolidate that base uh, pretty tightly, I
1: think, to to overcome Hodgson's stronghold down here, right? that's the big question because in the past Hopkins has faced candidates from either new bedford or fall river and those Mm -hmm. were the two big areas for democrats because it was a hub to immigrants hub to the working class that was your bread and butter democrat sort of the union supporter there but they're sort of moving away to the republican party as more college educated voters which used to be the chunk of the republican party is now moving to democrats so you're having this big switch off now the thing about uh Haru or um, I it's Heru, isn't it? It's Haru. That's Heru. a good question. That is a good question. Um, Caribbean or Caribbean, uh, you know, right? Tomato, tomato. <laughs> at any rate, uh, so the thing about Haru. Well, one of those is wrong. One of those is wrong. <laughs> and again, we will direct in post. But at the end of the day, um, the thing about Haru is that he is going to get support from those northern towns. So North Alboro, Attleboro, Norton, maybe a little bit of Rehoboth. If he can peel off those votes, because Rehoboth is a farming community, it's very, very right-leaning. Yeah. But if he can make that competitive, then I think Hodges is in trouble. And same goes with Hodgins and making the Democratic base centers competitive. So, again, New Bedford, Fall River, which he didn't do very well. And this is, uh, once again, Haru to uh, former uh, or law, uh, law attorney Nick Brainer in in Fall yeah, River. Nick
0: Bernier Nick Bernier uh washed them both in Fall River pretty easily, but he had a Fall River address on right. his ballot and he's from Fall River. Right. So it might be that's a Democratic primary. Right. So it might be a little different now.
1: Still, uh again, this goes back to the thing where I said um Hodgins' institution, twenty five years, if he just peels off those votes and doesn't get uh yeah. and Haru doesn't get those big margins in uh those big cities, it's not looking so good.
0: So we're speaking with Adam Bass uh of the North Star reporter. Um so and also the Cod Cabin podcast. So um what you're saying is he's he's got a he's short up a base in in the northern part of the county. Mm-hmm. Maybe even Seacon too. I think that's a that's a bordering town of Attleboro as well. Mm-hmm. Um and if he can maintain his base down there while his key his path to victory you think is maintaining his base there where you know he's 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 got a strong uh name recognition and tapping into the votes here for, for uh, like the the heavy Democratic areas like New Bedford and Fall River, right. that would be his pathway to victory over Tom Hodgson.
1: In some ways, it's actually very similar to uh, what I believe uh, Barney Frank did way, way long ago uh, when he represented Massachusetts 4th Congressional District, which is what New Bedford and Fall River are a part of. Mm-hmm. So think about Massachusetts. Well, used to be. Used to, no, we're still part of MA 4 no, uh, Fall River is now.
0: Oh, Fall River. There was okay. a whole there was, so there was a whole fight between Keating and Auchincloss yeah. about that, um, but Fall River used to be part of the ninth, or part of it used to be then part of the ninth, part of it used to be part of the fourth, and then with the new redistricting, now all of Fall River is part of the fourth
1: under uh, Auchincloss. That's right. I was yeah. wondering if it was uh, New Bedford that they were fighting over, and it was. But mm-hmm. at any rate, as I was saying, so what Barney Frank did was that he got a ton of votes from the very very jewish uh and there are a lot of jews there i'm part of it uh brookline newton needham that area the northern part of ma04 and the very portuguese and working class votes down here Fall mm-hmm. river New bedford etc and you could do a you can do a mini version of that if you are paul haru but it's gonna take a lot of time and a lot of effort into campaigning in those areas he 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 can't take this for granted if he's going to run against uh, a twenty five year year incumbent like Kautzen.
0: I've been seeing a lot of um, I've been seeing a lot of uh, signs for mm. her down here, and really? I saw them during the prime. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Uh, I saw them during the primary, uh, even during the primary. Mm. Um, he he put in a lot of work down here for sure. He won Fairhaven, New Bedford uh He won uh dartmouth as well he he won this area. I think part of the reason is you know he did really well in the debate here. We have a strong listening audience um mm-hmm. ar- around here and he did really well in the debate here and he you know he hit he sent some mailers out which uh you know the other two guys really didn't like I guess, but he sent some mailers out that were really effective down here in this area too. He really hit the Campaign trail here, but um, what so the what's the reception of Mayor Haru in in Attleboro and North Attleboro and the surrounding towns? Oh, they love him. Um,
1: yeah. the thing about Haru that makes him really liked in those areas is that he's really staked his career on those social changes he's made in Attleboro, uh, really leaning into uh, clean energy initiatives and really taking a hold of the solar industry in Attleboro, um, really turning into uh, basically taking what is a simple city and turning it into the part of a, of a national zeitgeist which I've seen multiple town leaders and city officials do nowadays because everything is national mm-hmm. um, in yeah. the in the in the Trump era and even maybe a little bit before that with the Obama era but the thing is is that what he's done is that he's made a profile of himself and of a sort of a I don't want to say warrior that's a that's a really bad journalistic term but rather a A figurehead, Uh, a figure and a image, an image of uh, Democratic ideas sort of saying, hey, I can be a hometown celebrity, too, in a way not as big as someone like Boston Mayor Michelle Wu, but definitely something to capture the attention of those northern counties or uh, municipalities. So, um we're speaking with uh,
0: Adam Bass um, of the North Star Reporter up in North Attleboro, and also of the Cod Cabin uh, Massachusetts Politics uh, Politics um, podcast. Um, so, yeah, he's very popular there. He's gotten reelected with, um, I think, with like he got reelected with like sixty-seven percent of the vote last that's time, correct. right? And he's on his he's on he said he's on his last term as mayor. Now, that's what I wanted to ask you. Actually, I'm not sure how long you've been at the North Star Reporter, but. Um, He had made it a point to say, uh, I was very clear with uh, my voters about me term limiting myself with not running more than three terms. Um, There was some criticism by his opponents in the primary of him abandoning his constituents, but they seem to have... Either known about it or not cared because they they gave them their votes in the primary. Has was that like tele- Was that was that something that was discussed no, at all?
1: No, not really. Again, it was sort of the, the conversation among Democratic voters that I've talked to at the polls during the early voting for North Albert was I want someone who can beat uh, Tom Hodgins. You know that was sort of the main thing. Like why yeah. do we go out for a vote? It's because we want this candidate to beat the other candidate. It wasn't really talked about because that was so much in Haru's favor Mm -hmm. that he was going to be voted there they they didn't really really talk about it I do remember one voter who was a little upset because he was a big spender in in, uh, Attleboro but it didn't really seem to be a common theme from who I've talked to
0: yeah again i it 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 couldn't be with the returns that he got in that uh with the returns he got in those when those elections either and my unders my my experience is when i see people you know sometimes they say well they're just using this office as a ladder to this office and it sounds like well it sounds like they want to do a good job in that office right like oh he's just going to use mayor to to propel himself to sheriff or governor well you'd have to do a good job in order to do that so that's fine with me you know
1: that that's one of the things i've been curious about as a as a reporter is that technically speaking going from uh, mayor to sheriff is a is a step down usually it's the other oh, way around you think so well i mean it, it the sheriff job is not one that's particularly a big public service job uh well that's I not mean, true it's got to be more money it's more territory mm-hmm. it's
0: probably a bigger staff you're, you're you're maybe not as it's different here in Bristol County right because Bristol County has the most Recognized sheriff in the Commonwealth. But across the other, you know, if we're speaking more generally, across the Commonwealth, like 17% of people know who their sheriff is. So, you know, I guess in the in the sense that you're not involved in the day to day part, you know, parts of people's lives, maybe it's a maybe to step down in name recognition. But here I, I I can't imagine it is.
1: I would have to respectfully disagree because l- l- let me put this perspective here. Let's say he takes out uh, Hodson's in uh, 2022 in November and he just. Becomes sheriff, and that's sort of the only thing he's known for right now on the macro level. So, oh, the guy who beat Hodgins, you know, Mm -hmm. big on a macro level, that was sort of what Elizabeth Warren was during her first uh, year in Congress or in the Senate. And really, sort of what she's now, you know, (laughs) not my my place to comment, but um, the reality is, well,
0: what I'm saying is, she tried to elevate her office
1: and wasn't successful, you know, is my point. No, okay. So, as I was saying, the thing is that. Let's say he becomes sheriff, does it for 25 years, faces no opponents. He just sort of runs a job, doesn't cause any controversy. It's sort of not as big as being a mayor and sort of going to the national zeitgeist of clean energy and, uh, yeah, but you're not going to make a national,
0: I, I don't know, you're not going to make a national name for yourself as a mayor of a town of 50,000 people, usually. Yet. Uh, you know, you look at, look at like the only other office that he could run for would be like, that would that would because he's not a lawyer, so he couldn't run for DA, right? right. The only other office that he could run for that would be a promotion is lieutenant governor, like Kim right. Driscoll. And a lot of the times, if you're mayor, typically mayors, I don't see that as a as a stepping as a stepping stone to a to a higher office. It's typically, I think, a
1: dead end. Well, then again, is is sheriff really a big step to higher office except for AG? Is yeah, maybe.
0: True. I mean, if you're running for sheriff, I feel like. It depends on how much of a mark you're making, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I know with Sheriff Hodgson, with Sheriff Hodgson, there was a lot of conversations with him uh, about he could have ran for Congress, he could have ran for governor right in the republic i mean i i imagine if sheriff hodgson ran for the republican nominee for governor this year i think he would have won right i i think he absolutely would have won i think he's i think you can do stuff with that office you know a sheriff people typically see it as more of a law enforcement type of thing um you know you you, it's kind of like this like you said, in the zeitgeist is like a uh, you know a powerful figure in 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 you know in public safety. I think you could I think you could go pretty far with it if you wanted to.
1: You could, but devil's advocate, I think the problem is that Massachusetts voters aren't really as and this is what you've seen from polls, especially back in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. Crime isn't really big on a on a, again a macro level. It could be down here, crime could be big uh, on people's minds here, but yeah. on a macro level, not really. Right now is inflation, also possibly abortion with the Dobbs ruling, um, other other things. But crime, that's sort of a four or five issue level, maybe on a smaller level, as I said. 508 996 is how you get the phone. We're going to take a
0: break. We'll be right back. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. Chris McCarthy will be back tomorrow. I'm joined with by Adam Bass, the North Star reporter in the Cod Cabin, uh, Massachusetts uh, politics podcast. So we were talking a lot about northern Bristol County and sort of the dynamics there, the reception um, of uh, Mayor Paul Haroon, his his job performance and uh, maybe his potential path to victory um in a because now you know people a lot more people down here are aware of him being being the fact that he's running against uh tom hodgson for countywide office so that's something we're going to keep on talking about we're all obviously going to have you know we've already had uh mayor harrow and tom hodgson agree to a, a debate here and they'll be in sometime in october we've also got them scheduled to come in for separate interviews but we're joined by adam bass and uh, we're going to move to some statewide stuff cause I know you're, you're on that, mm-hmm. um, pretty good. And, uh, you know, we've got some statewide offices. We're on to the general election. Right. Uh, let's start with, you know, let's start from the top of the ticket down and, and talk about the governor's race. What's your, what's your thoughts on the more Healy Jeff deal, uh,
1: election? Well, I'm going to make a claim, uh, that's probably going to, uh, be controversial. I think there's going to be a very high turnout for this election between uh Healy and Deal. Why is that? Um well first of all, Healy is well quite popular. She gets about yeah. 20 20 23% of the vote in polls. And there's a lot on the ballot this year. There's talk about, you know, abortion uh Healy just uh, released a statement this afternoon, and it says abortion access is on the ballot. Right wing extremists will do whatever to ban abortion across the country, and she ties it to Jeff Deal, who made who who made legislation to ban ador- abortion and and doctors who've com- who've done abortions for up to five years. And she's really trying to bring Deal into the fold of what's going on with the Republican Party nationally. I think uh, that's
0: fair. Mm -hmm. Because he, you know, he got the endorsement of Trump. So I think that's a fair thing. And he's not running from it. It'd be unfair if it were tying Baker to it, right? I don't think that'd be a mischaracterization. But this is, yeah. But I think this is an
1: apt characterization of Jeff Deal in his politics. Mm -hmm. Uh, The thing about Deal is that he's taking an approach which involves sort of keeping a low profile. At the same time, Healy's going to drag him out of that low profile into the spotlight. There's going to be one debate, as far as we know. We know they've agreed to one
0: and they're considering others. Mm-hmm. That's the official answer. And I I've, I've gotten uh, from, from Healy. Well, a more of a casual conversation, but uh, at the, in Healy's camp, but um, th- it's kind of ironic. Jeff deal asked for three, but he ran from debates for Chris Do- with, uh, with Chris Doty.
1: He definitely said that he didn't need to debate. He said that he had it in the bag and that he was going to win. He did win. Um,
0: But yeah, go ahead. But doesn't that sound like, okay? you're playing with it's basically you're up two scores, you're playing with a lead. Mm -hmm. I get it. So you're going to run the ball. But this is a debate. I mean, if you really thought you were the better candidate, wouldn't you have no problem going up there and 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 showing yourself out with, uh, you know, basically debating your points with, in, your, in your resume with, with uh, in front of your constituents?
1: It, it definitely feels like this is a common theme amongst candidates this year, especially those who are leading, that they don't want to debate. And mm. a, a theory mm-hmm. I have is that it is a way to keep control of the race so that ball is still in your court. Yes. Uh, it's a way to say, look, you want to go up against me? I'm the metaphorical giant here. I have the bigger poll lead right now. And in this case, you know, that creates a way for to psych out the other candidate. If they're going to try to debate, it makes them look like they're trying to go up against the don't the people deserve to see these candidates in a room talking about their
0: policy points. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's a shame. It's unhealthy for this process that like and part of this is the Republicans party, uh, Republican parties. Uh, the mass GOP's party for running candidates that are woefully unqualified for office. Right. Part of like uh Jay McMahon, who I don't know. I've heard he's a great guy. I know people who know him. I've heard he's a great guy, but he's a trial attorney in Buzzards Bay. Andrea Campbell was a Boston city council president, was a lawyer under Deval Patrick, like got the support from Maura Healy is qualified for that office, right. Is qualified for a higher office. Jay McMahon's not. Why should It's kind of like, why should she right in, Secretary of State. I don't even want to talk about that race because of the candidate in the GOP side and what a what a, what a nightmare of a human being that person is. So um, so the you know I think part of it is like the you know the state the state GOP is is in a a
1: state of like complete disarray. I would use a term that, uh, someone called, uh, that someone used his name is Steve Coxell. He works for a yeah, uh, pol- polling, polling guy. Yeah. Um, it's a lifeboat shootout shootout with the Massachusetts GOP right now. They have decided to take on the approach that going national, uh, with Trump like policies and literally attaching themselves to Donald Trump, um, is the best way to go about things. But Really, that's not the way to do things. Uh I'll give you an example. No, it's not. Um in the Barnstable DA county race, uh all three Republicans took a very moderate approach to how they would uh act as DA. They focus squarely on issues such as drug trafficking, um, opioids in the Cape, which is a problem. Yeah. Uh and just said, look, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to focus things. We're not going to get into vote stealing or any of that stuff that Trump is talking about. We want you to focus on us, not on the party. And yeah. they have a very good chance of winning because Barnstable County likes their Republican DAs. And that sort of brings the problem up. That That's my fault. <laughs> um, okay. And that's sort of the issue right now with the Republican Party in Massachusetts. They want to go national. Re- uh, Chair Jim Lyons even uh, made multiple tweets during Biden's speech that said, you know, I'm a MAGA Republican when he was denouncing them for uh, acts calling for violence and uh, overthrowing elections. Right. Yeah. The the infamous red lighting speech. Mm-hmm.
0: So um, but Jim Lyons also said, oh, we're going to find like basically pockets of the Commonwealth in which we have influence. But they they're not even doing a good job of that. They're not. I don't think there's any. Are there any competitive like legislative races with Republicans. Like I heard Becca
1: Roush might be uh, so competitive and that's Scott Brown's old seat. So maybe. So I actually live in uh Becca Roush's uh, district. I'm from Needham. So the thing is, is that she's running against Sean Dooley, but Dooley is kind of, Gone uh, incognito at the moment. I haven't seen a lot of him as of late. He is sort a of- State rep, right? State rep. Uh, no, state senator. State senator. Uh, running for state no, senator. No, he was a state rep. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. I, I thought you were talking about the race in question. Yeah, no, no, state senator. Yes, I know that, yeah. That is correct. Um, it's Scott Brown's old district. Yes, Yes. Right. As Scott Brown's old district. And the thing is, is that Becca Roush is very popular. She's even popular in Bristol County where she had those old uh, municipalities until- Paul Feeney took them after redistricting, and the thing is, is that she's really popular in Needham, in Wellesley, in all those areas that she would need to win by uh, twenty, thirty points. That Dooley he needs to make up for lost ground in less than two months. Time is running out for uh, state rep, uh, state rep, former state rep Dooley. Okay, so go- going back to the. um Going back to the the,
0: the broader national race, mm-hmm. so Deal's asking More Healy to debate. Isn't this isn't it hypocritical of him to ask her to, for three debates when he
1: only agreed to one with Chris Dowdy? I would say so. I would think that you know it's, it's sort of putting your money uh, your your money where your mouth is with Deal, and he doesn't have any money.
0: He can't put money where his mouth is. He doesn't
1: have any money. He's got what?
0: He's got what? uh, Like 16 grand. There's city councilors in New Bedford. Like half the city council in New Bedford has more money in their bank account for campaigning than the guy running for governor, the guy that wants to run the whole state.
1: And that's sort of the problem of the Massachusetts GOP trying to uh, call out for help. I remember uh, reading, I think it was yesterday, that Corey Lewandowski, uh, a former Trump aide, said, Mm -hmm. look, I'm I'm done helping your campaign. I'm going to go work elsewhere. Yeah, why would he? (laughs) <laughs> like why, why would he help them? That's the thing is like the RNC isn't just going to they've they've
0: cut off the spigot in a couple Senate races already. I know they they did in uh, in Doctor Oz's race in Pennsylvania. It's because it's like they're not going to waste their money. I think and it, part it's, of it's because Scott Rick Scott already wasted their money. But that's another conversation. Yeah, it
1: is. But the thing is is that I do remember uh, Kevin McCarthy, uh, Republican Majority Leader in the House, um, he said that oh we uh, we can win Massachusetts. We can win a Massachusetts district. Obviously. You know, with, with what the generic ballot is looking like with a 0.1, 0.2 Dem lead right now, it's probably not going to happen. And of course, that was at a time where Dems, uh, Democrats were not in a very good place. Uh, inflation was very high. Their agenda was stalling. But now it, it kind of looks like there's a bit of egg on his face with that. Yeah,
0: one. Biden's picked up momentum just at the right time, I think, for and I think a lot of this stuff You know, for the because when Baker won, too, was it was actually a pretty bad year for Democrats nationally. Obama got that's when Obama finally lost the Senate. Uh, He got shellacked. The closest race, I think, I mean, for Congress was Keating. And it was I mean, he won by like 10 points. I think that was the closest race, though. Uh, Before that, it was to say. um, But that's neither here nor there. Um, So so we're I think we're pretty much in agreement. More Healy's going to win that. Mm -hmm. There would have to be a lot to happen in in. For for Healy not to not to win that race, uh, lieutenant governor is the same. It's the same race mm-hmm. um, with Kim Driscoll, and she's great. Uh, I've had her on a couple times. She's got a lot of depth uh, in in her knowledge and all of that. But let's go to um, attorney general again. That's not a competitive race. Andrea Campbell's going to win that race.
1: One thing you'll find, Marcus, is that Massachusetts does not have a lot of competitive races. Well, let's talk about the auditor's race. Okay, I think it could be. How so? I
0: think Anthony Amore, well, I don't know. I I, I think Anthony Amore is, like, a good candidate. I, the problem, I think there might be too much problems at the top of the ticket is the issue. But he's got a good, I think he's got a good pitch saying, like, I've done auditing, I've done investigations. He presents himself as a Baker-esque type of Republican. Baker's putting his weight behind Anthony Amore, and I think his pack behind Anthony Amore um and so I think that could be more competitive. Obviously, you're going to have to. DeSaglio D- is the heavy favorite in that, but I, th- I think that in terms of the races, that's the most competitive.
1: Definitely. So he even has the backing of former uh, Governor Jane Swift, the first yeah. woman lieutenant, or excuse me, governor in Massachusetts. Right.
0: Because because Salucci got tapped for ambassador to Canada in what uh, two, mm-hmm. and and so she was the lieutenant governor. She got tapped to that's the right. Governor.
1: Right. I do think it can be competitive, but the problem is that I think it comes down to name recognition. Anthony Amore, uh, somewhat not as well known as DeSaglio, who's still not as well known because she's a state senator for Methuen. Yeah. Uh, you have to be a complete wonk like I am to understand who DiZaglio is, um, especially because uh, of her you know, butting heads with the Senate and yeah. with investigations and yeah. uh, transparency. But again, unless, you know, Beacon Hill politics to a T and even i How I'm mad is
0: how mad is how mad is the uh, leadership in Beacon Hill that she won that election?
1: <laughs> I would say less mad than flabbergasted. Yeah. Um, which I think a lot of people uh, watching the races were She's a hell of a
0: campaigner. I mean, that was always a close race in the polling, but it seemed like Dempsey always had like a couple point lead on on her and. Uh, I thought, I just thought Boston's such a Trevor Trove of
1: votes, but it seemed like she, she broke the code on that. Well, here's the thing. Boston is important, but if you can't win any of the other big places that Democrats did well in those gateway cities, New Bedford, Worcester, Springfield, Lowell, you're not going anywhere. Dempsey had a great showing in the I-95, 128 suburbs, Needham newton all those areas where, where he's Brookline. from exactly yeah. but the problem is is that it didn't break through it, he needed to do well in worcester well, he needed to do well in lowell go ahead
0: yes yeah, she won 90 percent of all municipalities throughout the whole state
1: it shocked me really. it was it was really an incredible victory
0: uh, but so Amori challenged her to five debates one of them being he wanted to do one in new bedford so obviously i'm like okay if you're going to do one in new bedford it's got to be here so I reached. So I I reached out to both camps today. Uh, Maury's camp said I was thinking of you when you know when when we said New Bedford, and then I reached out to Zaglio's camp. Zaglio's going to be on next week just for a straight interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's great. I love having her on. She's great. Uh, but I reached out to her team today. I said, hey, if you want to do that New Bedford debate, um, you know I'm here for it. And they said they're only going to do debates where every candidate is invited to do a debate. I don't know if that means where every candidate, like every, where all five candidates are invited to do debates, or all five, like, competitive elections. I don't know if that means where there are going to be, be debates, because some people aren't even agreeing to them, or if people just have to be invited like if 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 I invited the other four offices to have a debate here, would that qualify me? I'm I'm still trying to figure that out.
1: Yeah, because the way you phrased it, I'm just thinking of, like all of them on a stage and like that. That's... The way
0: it was awkwardly phrased, and so I asked for clarification. I, I didn't get it in time okay. uh, for this show, but I also was like, why do you care about the other four offices? Why don't you like that? Doesn't seem. Why would you care? Why wouldn't you just focus on your own campaign? Why do you care if I invite more Healy to a debate or, or Andrea Campbell for a debate? I, that's that's the point. i I. I don't. I don't really get. I. I don't know why. I don't. I, like.
1: I don't get the reasoning behind it. I think what could be explained with that is that that way she can do better because the top of the ticket for Democrats is strong. It's Laura mm-hmm. Healy. It's uh, Kim Driscoll. It's Andrea Campbell. You have three women on the top of the ticket, and then you have number four, DeSaglio. You know, mm-hmm. auditor, not well known. Right. Ra- uh, not well known. Uh, position in power in government. And not a well-known race. I yeah. think she's
0: going to... I think, you know... I think if she wins, I think she's going to make it a well-known office, honestly. I think she's... Again, she's a really impressive campaigner. 508-996-0500. I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back. 1420 WBS. to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. Chris will be back tomorrow. I'm joined by Adam Bass, the North Star reporter. Uh, but... We were just talking, and I mentioned this, I'm gonna mention this, We, Chris and I talked about this last night. I talked about it with Ted Nisi at WPRI Channel 12 News. And uh, there was the governor's race that has Dan McKee, uh, the incumbent who got basically, who got elevated to that office because Gina Raimondo got tapped by the Biden administration to be Secretary of Commerce. You had Nellie, Nellie Gorbea, who gave up her secretary of the state position. And you have uh, Helena Folks, who was the former head of CBS. And what you're saying now, you're you're saying that this race is looking like it's going to go in a direction that you weren't expecting.
1: Yeah, so we're going to be talking about Rhode Island politics, something I haven't really delved into yet. Uh, I thought uh, McKee was going to win, but it looks like Folks is pulling it off. Uh, McKee is doing well on the uh, Massachusetts border area, so Pawtucket, Central Falls, those areas. Meanwhile, in Word, Rhode Island, so Newport, uh, this is where Folks is doing well, so Newport, westerly those areas it makes sense so and gobea who's from uh providence is doing well in providence so is a very tight tight race right now so decision desk uh headquarters which is where you can find all these races is reporting 82 percent in they are close at a 36 36 uh lead for each McKee, uh, current current governor of rhode island and folks who is the CV he- CV- cvs head excuse me so it's going to be a nail that's interesting
0: I mean folks kind of came on in the last uh, few weeks she got the endorsement of the Boston Globe who's now endorsing races in Rhode Island because the Providence Journal doesn't do endorsements because they don't have an inter- editorial board anymore uh, that's a broader conversation but um, okay. but uh, she also did really well in the debate on Ted Nisi who you heard here last week Ted Nisi Channel 12 WPRI she did really well in that debate she had Nancy Pelosi the Speaker of the House campaigning for her because their moms are, are she was friends with Helena's mom. Really? Right? Wow. Yeah, they were college roommates. That's what Ted huh. told me. Yeah, isn't that interesting? So um, so it looks like folks might pull it off. And you said this is the first time since when? 1902. First time since 1902 that a sitting governor
1: would lose in a primary election. Not a general election, but a primary election. Yes, and that would be huge in, in this day and age because New England be loves its incumbents. Yeah. Uh, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. If there's an incumbent, we will we will vote for them in terms of our, you know, molecular structure as as voters. Yeah, the last incumbent governor to lose was what, Dukakis in eighty
0: before he got reelected again a few years later, right? Uh he, was, he had a mulligan. Yeah, he had a mulligan, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he got a mulligan. So uh and Rhode Island I don't think has, has knocked out an incumbent um an incumbent uh governor since the nineties, what Sunlin or whatever his name was. Mm-hmm. I think Sunlin won in like the early uh nineties. Um did Paula Page run for re election?
1: I'm trying to remember well A Lunatic. Let's see. Uh he ran in two thousand twelve. Yeah, I think he ran in two thousand fourteen. Maine has two term governors, right?
0: Yeah, I think he might have just turned that, out.
1: I think he turned out. I think that's what happened. And now he's running again against Janet Mellis, who is the current governor of Maine. Mm-hmm. And it, that one's going to be even close, too, because, you know, on one hand, Chant Millis is somewhat popular in Maine, but also in Maine's second district, which is the northern part, usually where the quote-unquote mitten is, that little top hat part of Maine, mm-hmm. that's very conservative. So you're going to see voters really flock to well, LePage. On well, that. Trump, Trump has
0: managed, managed to grab those two extra electoral votes both times in, in Maine, right? Yep. There was those two electoral votes that... Because some states, Maine and Nebraska, split their electoral votes for whatever reason. So, like Obama and Biden were able to win the first district in Nebraska, yep. but and but uh, Trump was, it was
1: the second district that they won.
0: Fine, I'll take your word. <laughs> for, I'll take your. I'll take your word for it, Adam. I'm is, just looking at <laughs> the phone right now. It says
1: second district. <laughs> second district.
0: Yeah, and in Maine, So that's so that's interesting. So you might see Helena Fox as the next Rhode Island governor. Uh, you know, kind of just coming on the scene pretty. I think fairly late. Uh, and never held, never holding elected office, kind of like what Chris Doty tried to do, but I guess in a way that's maybe a bit more successful. Um, I wonder how much the splitting the vote has to do with this between three candidates.
1: It very well could be. And again, uh, it's sort of ironic because one of the things I was told about um, Rhode Island, and I am not a Rhode Island expert. You will have to talk to Ted Nisi on that one. But one of the things sure I do will. know about. Rhode Island, is that Providence means everything. So what happens if in a three-candidate race, two of the candidates do very well everywhere else, but one of the candidates does well in Providence but comes in third? And that's sort of what you're seeing right now. Interesting. All right, going to take a break. We'll be right back. Fourteen twenty Star Reporter and the Cod Cabin Podcast. Adam, where can people go to learn more about your work? Great. Well, you can go to the Northstarreporter.com to check out uh, North Star Reporter. It's a local paper in North Alboro. We cover about everything, politics, government, uh, business, sports. We do everything. And in terms of the Cod Cabin, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Just go click on the Cod Cabin. You can find my hosts, Jesse Hahn, Jack Leary, and Logan Rabe, all great friends of mine all great people, and of course, for the North Star Reporter, you have my editor and the guy who has helped me out all the time, Max Bowen. So, yeah, without them, I'm pretty much just Adam Bass. <laughs> and you
0: said uh, Ted neese
1: was a friend of the show, uh, uh, yeah. in
0: Channel Twelve. He was a he's a he was a mentor of
1: yours. Yes, he taught me at Wheaton College uh, in my senior year. Uh, took an intro to journalism class, and you know, he he got me hooked on it. And I really appreciate all that uh, Professor Nisi has done and just really helped me out uh, from time to time. I saw him at the uh, Biden event at Somerset, the when President Biden came. Yeah. And without him, you know, I'd be, you know, just wandering and figure out what, what I want to do. Well, uh, Adam, thank you for coming on. We'll definitely
0: Thanks. have you on in the future. And uh, yeah, Adam Bass, North Star Reporter, uh, Cod Cabin Podcast. Stay tuned for the nine o'clock hour. Give me a call. See you then.